welcome to Pen Pals, the improvised celebration of letter writing. Um, I'm going to start with a quote from Simon Garfield's um, book, To the Letter. And it says that letters have the power to grant us a larger life. They reveal motivation and deeper understanding. They are evidential, they change lives, and they rewire history. The world once used to run upon their transmission, the lubricant of human interaction and the free fall of ideas, the silent conduit of the worthy and the incidental. The time we were coming for dinner, the account of our marvellous day, the weightiest joys and sorrows of love. It must have seemed impossible that their worth would ever be taken for granted or swept aside. A world without letters would surely be a world without oxygen. And that is why um, this podcast exists, is to celebrate letters um, with some wonderful improvisers from around the world. And I'd like to welcome today's wonderful improvisers, Valerie Ward and Chris Mead. Hello. Hello. Valerie, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and where you would normally improvise? Yeah, um, I live in Austin, Texas, and um, normally I'd be improvising at the Hideout Theater or Cold Town Theater. Um, and I've been doing improv for about 19 years, mostly um, for about 15 years of that with my group Parallelogram of Phonograph. Um, and we specialize in long form improvised plays. Great. And Chris, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, um, I uh, improvise um, in London, although I live uh, a little bit out of London uh, in Surrey. Um, I, uh, were I still improvising at this moment in time, I would be improvising at the Nursery Theatre and Hoopla Impro Theatre, um, which are lovely uh, venues, uh, which I haven't seen for a long time, seems weird. Um, yeah, and um, I sort of teach for them and perform there as well. Great. Um, so I'm going to ask you about, a bit about your history of, um, with letter writing. Valerie, are you much of a letter writer? Were you much of a letter writer? Um, yeah, as a child, I was quite a letter writer, um, and I loved having pen pals. Um, I, I had a, a pen pal in Japan that I got through some sort of pen pal program that they have for kids um, that I wrote back and forth with for a while. And then I also... When I was young, I lived in Tulsa and then moved to Texas. I lived in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and then moved to Texas. And so I um, kept up a letter writing relationship with some of my friends back in Tulsa after I moved. How about yourself? Yeah, Were you much of a letter writer? Um, um, yes, again, not nowadays, um, but, um, but yes, yeah, certainly I, in my teenage years, um, I remember uh, my best friend. I, I was in love with my best friend. Um, and we used to write backwards and forwards um, letters, really, really long letters, uh, A4 front and back um, letters. And we would have this little box that we would put the letters in and then would leave it. Uh, we, we were also our own postal workers. So we would then put the box outside each other's house and, and run away. <laughs> we wouldn't actually, uh, it was just something about just opening your door and the, uh, and this magical post box would have appeared and it was like covered in stickers and things. So we would post backwards and forwards. Um, and yeah, if you read them back, you can sort of see, because that we, we eventually went out for a couple of years, um, but you can see this sort of best friendship sort of like the small hints and things. It's quite uh, quite the thing when you read, or at least you read her half, because I don't have my half anymore, of course. That's how letters work, Owen. Thank you very much, letters. Chris, for explaining that to the audience. <laughs> um, the, what do you think, um, either of you, what do you think's been lost 
by the loss of letters compared to emails and messengers and instant communication. I think there was something really special about getting a letter. Um, and I love what Chris was talking about, seeing something appear on your doorstep or appear in your mailbox. And the fact that it took time and you had to wait and you could anticipate it, I think was part of the delight of a letter. Um, now with an email, you expect a reply within 24 hours. And even that feels like a long time to wait sometimes. And so just instead of having a lot of quick back and forth, it's really delightful to kind of have an open space where you pour out everything that's going on and then send it off. And then you just wait for the other person to get it and, and respond. Yeah, I think it's that waiting. It was as important as the writing or the receiving was the wait in between seems to be something. Chris, how about yourself? Um, what do you, do you feel you've lost something in your communications with people since stopping writing letters? Yeah, I mean, everything Valerie said about how special it was and, and the waiting, but there was also something to me about how it had been in the other person's hands, mm. um, especially when it was an uh, international post. Like, this paper had been somewhere else. It has has someone else's fingerprints over it. Um, that was really odd to me that you were sending a physical item. And, of course, you know, you know that you can keep them. I don't tend to look back over old emails. Um, but, you know, I do have a drawer full of correspondence still. Uh, and that and it just, yeah, it does. Uh, it's it's like a, a long train ride or something. It is, it's romantic because it's nostalgic. And, and um, yeah, it doesn't, it's out of step with today's world. And mm. that's sort of beautiful and interesting. <laughs> Yeah, the inefficiency of it is part of the joy. And yeah, what you're saying about the physical, physical, tangible aspect of it, um, you can see the person's handwriting and if they felt rushed or if they were really taking their time. Um, and like with my pen pal in Japan, she would just send me like little bits of origami or stationery or something that was so novel to me that I'd never seen before. And just having a little piece of her day-to-day -day life was so interesting. That's fascinating. Um... I think that idea of um, that something tangibles um, coming back into fashion, I think, because like the whole idea of people are buying vinyl records again, having completely gone to MP3s a couple of years ago. So there's a part of me that hopes that letter writing as having gone out of fashion to a certain extent will come back into fashion because people will start getting to a point in their lives and go, well, wait a second, I'd I want that tangible thing that I used to have, that memory that comes with and the effort that comes with it. Yeah. Great. Um, anyway, so I'm going to give you your um, scenario now to start um, doing a little improvised challenge. Um, so the scenario for today, um, Valerie, you are a famous magician. <laughs> Chris used to be your assistant. He's no longer your assistant. I'm not giving you any more details about why that's the case. So Chris is your ex-assistant and you are a, magi a famous magician. And it's going to be letters between those two characters. Um, I actually think I want the first letter to be from Chris, though, in this in this thing. So we're going to um, have a correspondence between a magician and their old assistant. Dear. Brackets, 
I'm afraid I can't bring myself to call you by your stage name. Close brackets. It's been so many years, dear Anne. I can't believe that it's been over a decade since we last trod the boards together. I'll put trod the boards in inverted commas. It was a magical night in, in more ways than one. And I can't believe now sitting here across the gulf of years that it was my last time as your assistant. I've thought about that night many times since then. And I've asked myself many questions. Was it my fault? Did I do something wrong? Did I not follow some part of your meticulous plan? Why did the illusion fail? We all know what I lost, but did you lose anything, Anne? Perhaps something that isn't so physical as, as, as the thing that I lost. I don't understand why you wouldn't talk to me after that night. I don't understand why you would only communicate through our legal representation. Wasn't I the victim? It seems strange, but I wanted to write to you and, and say, well, I, I wanted to say that I would have kept on being your assistant, that what happened that night wouldn't have changed anything I want to be part of that world, your world, Anne. Everyday, everyday life seems so humdrum, so normal in comparison. I want some of that magic dust back. Is that even possible anymore? I hope you don't mind me writing out of the blue. Yours guess just yours. <laughs> Charlie. Dear Charlie, thank you so much for writing to Fantastica. She's always happy to hear from her fans. Enclosed, you will find an autographed headshot of Fantastica from her European tour. Please follow us on Facebook and Instagram to keep up with all of Fantastica's magical adventures. Keep on making things magic. Yours, Fantastica. Dear Fantastica, I, I can see what you're doing. That I, I I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I, I don't even know why I'm writing writing back. Really, I'm not sure if the last correspondence even came from you. I'm sure you have interns or people or or maybe your new assistant answers your letters for you. I can't locate any of your own voice in anything that you wrote there, obviously, because that's what you wanted, wasn't it? You don't want to let anyone in. 
I noticed that you are uh, that you are referring to yourself in the third person um, and not even using your real name. I, I've always wondered what fame does to a person, obviously never having the chance to really know myself. It seems for some people, uh, when, pe when they get famous, they, they use that fame to change the world in interesting ways, charity work, etc. cetera. Uh, they try to make a difference and give back. Doesn't seem like you've gone that way, Fantastica. It seems you've built a little bubble around yourself, a vacuum where no real life can enter. <laughs> and those of us who used to be close to you are kept on the outside. And I guess that's fine. I guess that's your prerogative. You're the one with all the talent. You're the one with that big, incredible mind that came up with all those illusions. But I think you've constructed quite the illusion around yourself now, Anne. I think you've become so enamored of misdirection that you've misdirected yourself. I don't think anyone can possibly be happy inside a void space where starlight can't reach. As I say, I don't know why I'm writing back. You obviously don't want to hear from me. I just want you to know that I will leave you alone. You don't have to write anything more back. On a slightly happier note, uh, your picture looks great. You haven't aged at all, it seems. Perhaps you're really magic, haha. -ha. Take care, Anne. I hope Fantastica's very happy. Yours sincerely, Charlie. Charlie. My dear, darling Charlie, my goodness. It seems that this is not your first letter to me in the decades since we last saw each other. I'm not sure what happened to the first one. Part of becoming famous, I guess, is that you become removed from what you actually do. In many ways, it's not Fantastica who exists as Fantastica. I do my stage show and I take my pictures, but most of my life is actually quite scheduled and arranged by others. I'm not even my own boss anymore, it seems. I have become the product for someone else to sell. I have a cadre of letter answerers who look through the mail, send headshots, reply to requests for personal appearances, I guess one of them must have responded to your last letter. Charlie, your words, they hurt me so. This idea you have of me, I don't know, maybe it is correct in some ways. I'm certainly not the person I was 10 years ago, but I'm not who you think I am. I am alone. I am lonely. I feel isolated from the world, but I'm not cold or heartless. 
And not a day has gone by that I have not thought of you, thought of our last night together. Not a day has gone by that the shame of what happened hasn't haunted me. I feel I was responsible for that night, for you losing your hand. I, how can I even forgive myself for that? It was partly shame that hid me away from you, at least for the first year or two. I couldn't bear to look at your face. I couldn't imagine that you would want to see mine again, ever. And then when I started to talk to my agent about reaching out to you, they said, bad idea, Fantastica. It'll just remind everybody of that awful night and what happened. Better to move on, move past it. Forget about what happened and remake yourself. No one will ever remember the amazing Charlie. It's only Fantastica now. I shouldn't have listened, but I did. And I'm so, so sorry. I will listen. I'll intercept the mail before it gets shuffled into a file somewhere in the filing cabinet. And I'm sorry. Yours, very sincerely, Anne. Dear Miss Farnborough, I hope you don't mind me writing to you. Um, my name's Ben. I'm Charles's son. As I say, I, I feel a bit weird writing to you. I, I read your letter and I knew that it was for my father, but um, well, he isn't here to uh, read the letter and, and I've been dealing with all his correspondence. In the last few months, my father became very ill. I say ill, but the, the doctors could find nothing wrong with him. He just seemed to, well, he just seemed to fade away, become less, turn in on himself. He, sp he spent the last few years of his life, uh, la last few months of his life, in the attic room of, our, of my home. He took all his meals up there and, and stayed in bed and, and got to a point where he never moved from the room. I or my wife would bring him uh, meals and he would often chat, but you could see the light had gone out of his eyes. My dad was uh, one of life's dreamers. He wasn't meant for the real world, you know? He was thinking about things that were divorced from reality. In those last few months, it became even more the case. His eyes would unfocus. I could see that he was looking at things that I couldn't see there in the room. 
anyway, um, last week I, I, I brought the tray upstairs to uh, bring him his dinner. And he wasn't there. I, 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 you might misunderstand me when I say that. He hadn't died. There was no body. There was no clothes. There was just nothing. It was an empty bedroom. The windows remained locked and there's no other way down. He'd faded away completely. There was nothing left of him. We don't know what happened. Um, we can't really explain it. Either myself or my wife were in the house the entire time. There was no way he could have snuck past us. I don't know what happened. I don't really know why I'm writing to you now. I know that you meant a lot to him. I thought, I guess, in my heart of hearts, in, 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 in a, a place I can't really name, I'm hoping that you have some explanation for what happened. I wonder if doing the job that you do, you might be able to just give me some comfort, some closure. I'm an accountant. <laughs> in, my, in my everyday life, people can't walk through walls. They can't turn into air. So like I say, I don't know why I'm writing to you, but I just wanted you to know I'm a big fan of Fantastica, actually. We watch your shows with dinner sometimes. I don't know how you do it. Yeah, I mean, in this day and age, you'd think the answers would be on the internet, but I'm Googling and I can't see anything. That's quite an achievement. You don't have to write back. I mean, why would you? Don't even know if you remember my father. Of course you do. I'm pretending I didn't read your last letter. I hope we can all live with ourselves. Yours sincerely, Ben Thompson. Dear Mr. Thompson, thank you so much for your letter. I was worried at first as I began to read, but then as you provided more details, everything started to make sense. Your father and I worked together for nearly 20 years, developing the most amazing routines in magic. We wanted to push the limits of what visual illusion could be. Not just sleight of hand, not just misdirection, but truly changing the way the public can perceive what's actually happening. Influencing people's perceptions, getting inside of their heads, 
all with the purpose for delight and amazement, to bring a real sense of awe and magic into a world that felt increasingly dull and constrained. Your father had been working for many years on a particularly complicated escape routine. He always admired Harry Houdini, and even he wouldn't tell me everything that he was working on. Your father was never one to give up easily. He was not the type to fade away quietly or to sink into obscurity. In fact, I was surprised it took him so long to reach out to me, but I guess there was more than just a career between us. Anyways, a few days before I received your letter, I awoke in my heavily guarded and alarm-filled apartment to find a single glove fitting the left hand underneath my pillowcase. It was made of the finest leather, delicately stitched, obviously custom made to fit a particular hand. I feel your father has not disappeared. Where exactly he might be, I don't know. But then a good magician never reveals their secret. Yours truly, Anne Fantastica Farnborough. the last letter that was sent between those correspondents. Thank you very much, guys. That was um, wonderful. And uh, went a very different way than I suspected. And I really enjoyed how it went and it changed and misdirected me several times. Uh, uh -huh. <laughs> the art of illusion. Exactly, that's it. Um, yeah, wonderful. Um, I hope that felt good to do. Um, it's it's interesting. I um I decided that it was going to be a magician and an assistant, um, having someone suggested it a couple of days ago to me. And I was reading a book about letters earlier on, and the introduction sort of talks about how um he got into letters having bought a, a collection of letters at auction of an old illusionist, and how he would talk about the mundane as well as his views on these big illusions and that that sort of mixture of illusion and the everyday life that mixes up and how letters have that sort of depth of meaning, but also what's happening in the daily life as well. And I think you've got that great. Thank you very much. Um, so just before finishing, um, Chris, where can people find you on the internet? Um, if, if you want them to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, well, I, I'm, I've actually um, started a, a, a sort of a social network for improvisers um, called The Improv Place, which you can find at The Improv, which is all one word, and then dot place. Um, and it's like Facebook, but without the evil and, uh, and populated entirely by improvisers. Um, so we're sort of building a community there. 
which is lovely. Uh, we have sort of monthly discussions and um, lots of courses and shows and things. Uh, so that's a really lovely place uh, to come and meet me. But if uh, if you want to just sort of follow me on anything, I'm at Miss, Mr. Chris Mead, Mr. Bing MR uh, on everything that's a social network. That's great. And um, Valerie, how can people watch you or find you on the internet? Yeah, um, probably would be easiest to just follow my group PGraph. Um, you can find our website pgraph.com or find us on Facebook. Um, we're still doing shows weekly online, so you can watch from anywhere in the world. Um, yeah, that's probably the, the best place to start. And then you can follow up from there if you want anything else. And they are so good. Like anyone <laughs> who wants to see incredible narrative improv should watch PGraph. I just want to say um, I've read Pigraph's book, which is very good. If um, anyone hasn't read their book about narrative improv, it's very good. And I'm also a member of the Improv Place, um, which I'd also heartily recommend for chatting about improvisation. Um, uh, thank you very much for doing the show. Um, it was an absolute pleasure. Um, and everyone listening, keep writing letters to people. Thank you for listening to Pen Pals Improv, the improvised celebration of letter writing, brought to you by Let Us Make It Up To You. Your host today was Owen Scrivens. Your guests were Chris Mead and Valerie Ward. And the music was written and played by Matthew Nicholson. If you have enjoyed listening, please consider subscribing and recommend us to your friends wherever possible. And don't forget, keep writing letters to people. <laughs>